Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with a little church chat. Move on to America's recent alien attack and Donald Trump's laptop problems, and then follow all of that up with a little big environmental disaster. Let's begin, shall we? Christianity seems to be having a branding issue. The Pew Research Group says that during the last 50 years, Christianity has enjoyed being the religion of choice in America, with about 90% of the population being followers of the Bronze Age mythology. But as of 2022, that number dropped to just 64%, and Pew is predicting that in the coming decades, the number of Jesus freaks in the United States could drop between 35 and 46%. And with that, Americans apparently are leaving Jesus by the droves. A bunch of Christians have decided that they need to do something about it. So they are spending $100 million of church attendees' tithings to fund a bold marketing campaign to entice new recruits, which included airing a few commercials for Jesus during the Super Bowl. Amid all the booze and car ads during Sunday night's game, there were also two Super Bowl commercials for Jesus Christ. The message is stark, arresting, and backed by $100 million. That's how much organizers say is behind this campaign to market Jesus with the tagline, He Gets Us. We're trying to unify the American people around the confounding love and forgiveness of Jesus. A lot of times when people look at Christianity, they see it as much more uh, unfortunate, uh, hypocritical, judgmental, kind of discriminatory. Oh, this guy just can't figure out why Americans think Christianity is a religion of hypocrites and self-appointed judges of society who think that they can use their religion to discriminate against anyone who doesn't adhere to their way of life. Now, I might be drawing straws here, but could it be that in recent years, Christians have refused to bake cakes and certify marriages and provide their employees with birth control under their health care plans because of their deeply held religious beliefs. Or maybe it's the baldest of bigots turned elected Republican state senator from Arkansas, Matt McKee, who recently took it upon himself to show his ass at a hearing regarding Arkansas State uh, Senate Bill 199, which seeks to make trans children's lives completely miserable. Here is the best that 70 West Church of Christ can offer, questioning Dr. Gwendolyn Herzig, a trans woman invited to testify on the impact of this insidious legislation. Are you telling us that you're unfamiliar with the large body of medical evidence of the harm that has come upon people that have gone through these processes? I'm familiar with a large body of evidence that shows that providing good affirming care saves lives. Are you saying that you're unaware of the large body of medical evidence of the harm that has come upon these people in these processes we've been gone through? Will, Are you unaware of that body of evidence? I will repeat what I just said. You said that you're a trans woman. A trans female, yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a penis? That's horrible. Yeah. You're the one. You're the one that brought that into the discussion. I you're the one that never said anything discussion. about genitalia. Oh, it Is has there? everything to do okay. with genitalia. 
Sure, for an insecure Christian bigot, I guess everything is about the penis. Like how this gentleman feels threatened as a man because of what someone else chooses to do with theirs. <laughs> but if you thought this Christian crusader was ignorant, wait till you get a load of Methuselah impersonator and Arkansas State Senator Gary Stubblefield, who decided to wrap his bigotry in tinfoil. <laughs> Listen, I talked to a 10-year-old girl, and you know where she got her idea to have one of these surgeries? Off of TikTok. So now we're getting our information from the Chinese Communist government. Stop going along with this language games that they've created. There are men, women, boys, and girls. There's no such thing as having a place on a gender spectrum. It's true for horses. It's true for cows. It's true for dogs. It's true for every other species on the planet. So tell me you failed high school anatomy and physiology without telling me you failed high school anatomy and physiology. <laughs> what these two science-denying Christians from Arkansas are confused about is the difference between sex and gender. There are only two sexes, male and female, and that is true for horses, cows, dogs, and mostly any other species on the planet, but this hearing was about gender-affirming care for trans children, and that has nothing to do with sex. Let me give you an example. In the 14th century, men wore makeup and wigs and tights and heels, and they bedazzled their clothing, but in modern-day Arkansas, if you ain't a truck-driving, Carhartt-wearing, bearded Budweiser fan, <laughs> you aren't a real man. Never mind that what makes a real man has changed over the centuries from dresses to jeans. These Bible-thumping, ignorant fucks have defined manliness in the manliest way possible, and they're sticking to it, even though Jesus is always depicted in a dress. That's why this Super Bowl commercial for Jesus is pure gaslighting. The campaign is called He Gets Us. And Christians behind it claim that way back in the day, Jesus was just an immigrant refugee who exposed toxic religious political systems by leading protests against the walls that divide us and broke the chains that held women in bondage. And if that gaslighting doesn't get you, this new and relevant to the plight of white Americans Jesus will. The reimagining is a harebrained scheme from a conservative nonprofit out of Kansas that financially and otherwise supports right-wing Christian Republicans who actively work against inclusivity unless you're white, straight, and a member of the evangelical church. Now, I personally think that with Jesus' attendees' numbers going down, dropping faster than a Chinese balloon over U.S. airspace, this may be more about the Benjamins than the Jesus. Less faithful means less money going into the church every year. And since this grift relies exclusively on the finances of others, they're going to have to get more people converted. Otherwise, they might have to pay for their own megachurches, private jets, and 17,000 square foot mansions with six bedrooms, six bathrooms, three elevators, a separate guest house, and all on 1.8 acres of land. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Joel Osteen. And let's address the fact 
that those anonymous Christians could have used that $100 million to feed the poor or contribute to their local communities in any way that doesn't involve luring people onto church grounds with food and carnival rides, only to be accosted by an expensively dressed dude lecturing them on God's bounty from a pulpit. The reason churches and religious organizations enjoy the 501c3 tax-exempt status is because they are expected to donate their money and their resources to their local communities. And in fact, it is a condition of being able to get away with not paying taxes. In other words, tax-exempt churches are supposed to take care of their communities, so the argument why are you picking on Christians when corporations make enough money to feed the poor doesn't apply here because churches aren't corporations. And if they want to enjoy their tax-free way of life, they're going to have to give. And now for the bad news. The tax code is written as such that churches have to receive the bulk of their income from donations which is why the flock gets stuck financially supporting their pastor's extravagant lifestyle of the rich and religious. And when a church does donate, not only can they use that as a tax write-off, but they can give their money to other churches or church-related activities, like modern-day crusades to far-off destinations called missions, where a bunch of white people invade a foreign land in order to convert the locals. They whitewash their history and traditions while appropriating culture for future marketing campaigns. That, my friends, is why Americans are leaving Christianity like a bad relationship. Because it is. And moving on from Republican Jesus and his money problems. Ever since last week, when that Chinese spy balloon flew over the continental United States and then got shot down over the coast of South Carolina, Americans have been obsessed with what could possibly be lurking in the sky. And not since a sewer clown terrorized a small New England town has Americans been so freaked out over balloons. So far, four balloons have been shot down over America and Canada, by the U.S. military, and while we're pretty sure that they were sent by China to spy on us, some people have been convinced, <laughs> can't really understand how, that maybe these balloons came from a galaxy far, far away. The U.S. military shooting down mysterious flying objects, and now the White House is under growing pressure to answer some basic questions. What are they? Where do they come from? Were these Chinese spy drones or something else? U.S. officials described it as an octagonal structure with strings hanging off. Pentagon says it had potential surveillance capabilities, and a top general says they're considering all options. Those pilots, we have learned, have given very conflicting accounts of what they actually experienced, with some pilots saying that the, the object interfered with the plane's sensors, other pilots saying that when they looked at the object, they could identify no identifiable propulsion system. This is for General Van Herc. Uh, because you still haven't been able to tell us what these things are that we are shooting out of the sky, uh, that raises the question, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? 
And thanks for the question, Helene. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. We continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with an attempt to identify it. Now, I would like to take this opportunity to thank General Van Herc for not ruling out anything when it comes to helium-filled plastic spheres because the American public heard him and began posting all over social media about the impending alien invasion that we are not being told about. And it's too bad that Will Smith is still on his I slapped Chris Rock almost a year ago and still haven't apologized to him tour for his new movie that no one's going to go see because he refuses to apologize to Chris Rock. Otherwise, I'd say, hey, bring it on, aliens. And to those pilots who said that they could not see a propulsion system on the balloons. <laughs> kind of makes me wonder why no one ever explained to these pilots how wind works. Maybe the reason why these balloons were used in the first place is because they don't need a mechanism to propel them because wind streams. Either way, with the press and the Internet asking if E.T. is going to need to borrow a cell phone to call home, it was up to the most underpaid for the shit she has to put up with White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre to correct the record. Just wanted to make sure we address this from the White House. I know there have been questions and, and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that. Okay, so it's not aliens, just the Chinese wanting to know how our military bases look from 10,000 feet up. But... If it were aliens, and indulge me for a moment, see, when all of this aliens are dropping balloons over U.S. airspace stuff started hitting my news feed, I was reminded of a little movie from back in 1996 called Star Trek First Contact. And for all you non-Trekkies in the back, the most basic version of the plot is that it was the discovery of warp drive by an alcoholic scientist in the middle of the woods that caused Mr. Spock's pointy-eared peeps, the Vulcans, to visit Earth. And it was because of that leap in technology we were considered a potential intergalactic contender, and the Federation of Planets apparently wanted to be a good neighbor by sending the Vulcans to introduce themselves as any advanced species would but without a plate of homemade cookies. Now, I don't want to lose you with all this nerd stuff, so I will just get to the point. Do you remember back in December of last year? A major breakthrough announced today in what's being described as a theory that's been in the work for decades. Scientists in California say they were able to create the first nuclear fusion reaction that generated more energy than it took to produce. In nuclear fusion... Now, nuclear fusion, uh, unlike what we use now in nuclear physics, nuclear fission, fusion replicates the actual energy generation process of the sun itself, the original energy generation process of our solar system. Like our sun, hydrogen atoms were pressed together to create helium, and that nuclear fusion released energy and heat, all this happening in just a fraction of a second. Okay, so a couple of months ago, we achieved nuclear fusion, which 
is a technological game changer for our species, just like discovering warp drive was for the people in that Star Trek movie. And all I'm saying is maybe these balloons might have been a congratulations for becoming the newest member of the Federation of Planets. (laughs) I don't know. But what I do know is the tinfoiled prehistoric knuckle dragger from Georgia's 14th district is looking for a reason to shoot off more than a few rounds from her pew pew when it comes to these balloons. Marjorie Trader Green was caught on camera at an event, possibly an opening for a new howler monkey exhibit at the Atlanta Zoo, doubling down on stupid when she contributed to this balloon debate. Roll tape. You sat by and allowed this Chinese spy balloon that could have contained a bioweapon like COVID. It could have contained a nuclear bomb, an EMP attack, or hypersonic missiles. I said, you allowed this to go across the country and then you want to stand up here and give us give us our excuses, your excuses on why you didn't shoot it down because you're gathering intelligence or you didn't want to risk endangering anyone's lives. I said, that is the biggest bunch of bull. Someone somewhere once said that it is better to remain silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. But this George and Karen apparently didn't get the memo. Oh, bless her heart. Nuclear Madge really needs to think her thoughts all the way through before yelling them into a microphone in front of a live and maybe staged audience because if those balloons were filled with any of the things that she mentioned like covid or a hypersonic missile or a nuclear bomb why in the fuck is she upset that biden waited until the balloon was over water to shoot it out of the sky Obviously, the science-denying voters of Georgia's 14th district should learn about Nagasaki or Hiroshima or maybe speak to one of those displaced by Chernobyl and learn how nuclear radiation makes an entire city uninhabitable for human life. Maybe if Georgia's Governor Brian Kemp were more concerned about education rather than suppressing black voters... Maybe those in the 14th district wouldn't have elected a clearly compensating Nepo baby who has an unhealthy fascination with blowing shit up. And while we're on the subject of bad decisions that voters make, the latest episode of the docuseries called Classified Documents Old Men Steal is definitely must-see TV. Here are some highlights on the recent character arc of the second known Republican to call his wife mother in public... Mike Pence found another classified document during a planned search of former Vice President Mike Pence's Indiana home. This was, as we understand it, a negotiated search. So a Pence legal representative would be uh, there uh, representing the former vice president. So this is not a case of it being a surprise. Local police blocked the driveway leading to the Pence family home as FBI officials conducted an exhaustive five-hour search, leaving with one document with classified markings and six additional pages. Mike Pence has been subpoenaed by special counsel Jack Smith. Uh, The Justice Department contacted Pence in November to discuss Trump's alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election, including the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Ah, you know you're in trouble when you invite the cops to search your own home. I guess it's better to turn yourself in than to get a warrant and raid it, am I right? (laughs) 
And what is all of this that I hear about the special counsel to the insurrection and the classified document scandal Jack Smith handing Pasty Mike a formal invitation to sit down and discuss his involvement in the January 6th shit-smearing-on-the-walls exhibit at the U.S. Capitol? (laughs) Sounds to me like someone has been reading Mikey's book, which is aptly named So Help Me God. It chronicles his time standing and working for America's first orange Mussolini, including going into monotone detail about conversations he had with Scooby-Coo before, during, and after Yalkaida's not very peaceful field trip to our people's house. In other words, there's no expectation of privilege, even the executive kind. And besides, that trick only works when you're being asked about something that isn't a prelude to or in coordination with a crime. Hence, why the DOD Special Counsel is requesting to sit down and have a convo in the form of a legal subpoena. So, you know you have to attend. Which is why it is perhaps a bit of a shock that Mikey was able to GMO a human spine so quickly. Because Constitutional Ken went on camera to dig in his penny loafers and refuse to comply with the DOJ's very legal subpoena because when you're a Republican presidential hopeful who still needs the votes of those poorly educated who wanted to hang you, you do it. Here's the former Stepford Veep in his angry voice explaining why he's just not into Jack. I'm going to fight Biden DOJ's subpoena to appear before the grand jury because I think it's unprecedented and it's unconstitutional. The fact that no vice president has ever been uh, subject to a subpoena to testify about the president with whom they serve makes it unprecedented. But for me, this is a moment where you have to decide where you stand. And I stand on the Constitution of the United States. But I would say in this very moment, it's also wrong to establish a precedent where a legislative official could be called into a court by an executive branch. That, and that's why we're prepared to, to take this fight into the court. And if needs be, take it to the Supreme Court of the United States. There old Pasty goes, fighting the bad fight to keep from having to testify against Loudmouth the Hutt about classified documents and what he knew about January 6th and when he knew it. Talk about awkward office reunions. And speaking of horrible bosses, when it comes to technology, there's one phrase the right loves to repeat, even more than, what about Hillary's emails? Regarding stories that y'all didn't want the public to see, what we refer to as the Hunter Biden laptop story. About Hunter Biden's laptop? Substance of Hunter Biden's laptop story. FBI subpoenaed Hunter Biden's laptop. Regarding Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter Biden 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 laptop. Hunter Biden's laptop. It's a tale so vacuously simple-minded, only Fox and the bowels of 4chan would report on it. Which makes sense, because this is an audience that believes the recently deceased Queen of England was actually a lizard wearing a human costume because John Carpenter made a metaphorical movie in the 1980s about how Reagan's trickle-down economics was ruining America's middle class involving sunglasses. Now, I know it's stupid, but we are talking about Republicans, and no one ever accused them of being highly educated. So back to the laptop, because when it comes to scandals, the marginally sentient spray tan from Palm Beach, Florida will not be outdone. 
That's why Tangerine Palpatine was just caught trying to stash classified documents on his laptop. Roll tape. Former President Trump's legal team turned over more classified documents and a laptop to federal prosecutors in recent months. Mr. Trump's lawyers discovered the documents at Mar-a-Lago last month. The Folger's contents were apparently copied onto a laptop, which is really important because it marks the first time anyone has suggested electronic copies were made of classified records in Trump's possession. Oh, forget Hunter Biden. What about Dolt 45's laptop? Turns out the quarter pounder with bronzer had a person from Save America PAC copy classified documents onto a laptop using a thumb drive. Because when you're emailing U.S. government secrets to foreign adversaries, that's how you do it. Now, it's important to note that the douche from Save America PAC is also involved with the same organization that helped fund the January 6th insurrection. Because if you recall, the outdoor gathering before the riot was actually called Save America Rally, which was hosted by the Save America PAC, Dopey Super PAC. This organization was created after Old Yeller lost the 2022 election and has been used as a vehicle for his grifting operations ever since. The incredible lying orange raised an estimated $115 million siphoned from his poorly educated supporters to fund his attempts to stay in power, along with his fake electors and his definitely not a billionaire lifestyle. I guess now we can add another federal offense to Dopey's elongating rap sheet because under the Espionage Act 18 U.S.C. 793, it is a crime to copy classified documents into any form, whether it's paper or digital. And speaking of terrible disasters we have to deal with, thanks to Dentures the Hut administration, did you hear about what just happened in Ohio? Train carrying chemicals, including a toxic flammable gas called vinyl chloride, derailed near the Ohio-Pennsylvania border. That, in turn, started a fire, and then they had to do a, a sort of controlled release of some of those chemicals, which blanketed the town of East Palestine, Ohio, in noxious smoke. About 50 cars operated by Norfolk Southern came off their track and crumpled into a smoldering pile. Ten of the cars carried hazardous materials, according to the rail operator. The vinyl chloride in particular is highly flammable, and crews ignited it to burn it off in what they called a controlled environment. That in turn produced a huge plume of smoke and with it, serious health and environmental concerns. There have been numerous reports in recent days of respiratory issues, burning eyes, and dead wildlife, including at least 3,500 confirmed dead fish killed by contamination. We basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. On February 3rd, 4,718 residents of East Palestine in Ohio were told to evacuate their homes because a train carrying deadly chemicals had just derailed outside their town and there was a possibility it would explode. That was bad. So three days later, someone got the bright idea to set the chemical spill on fire, which caused chloric acid to be released into the air because chasing the spill into a windmill with their pitchforks wasn't an option. And so it was a day later that Ohio's worst gubernatorial decision since 2018, Republican Mike DeWine, told the residents of East Palestine to return to their newly acid-washed homes in peace. 
And that turned out to be a clearly not run by a doctor first kind of idea. Roll tape. I agree and I've been dizzy. I've had uh, all my mucous membranes irritated. I haven't felt very well since then. If the ground is poisoned, if the water is poisoned, it's not a farm anymore. I think it's all contaminated from the train wreck. All the fish are dead. Our lips and mouth started to burn. Our tongue started to swell up. Um, it was like a stinging burn. And, uh, and our eyes water, were watering, our eyes were burning, and we realized uh, you know, we couldn't stay here. What is your biggest concern? That I'm going to get cancer and die. But it's not just wild animals and 3,500 fish dying all over the place, not to mention the residents that are sick. Not for nothing, but vinyl chloride fucking stinks after you set it on fire. So now East Palestine smells like some of the bullshit coming out of their governor's mouth when he told reporters that the water and the air in the town is safe. Are you confident enough, sir, that you yourself would drink it? Absolutely. Uh, if I was there right now, I would drink it. Uh, it would be a long shot if there's any problem with this water because these are, these are, deep, these are deep wells that feed people, that feed the municipal water supply there. Them. We tested all five of the wells and they all came back uh, as good. As of this recording, Ohio's Governor Magoo is drinking bottled water because he knows saying municipal water that has been exposed to deadly chemicals is safe to consume on television is not the same as it actually being safe. That's why railroad company Norfolk Southern has not only donated $25,000 to the East Palestine town, but they're also going to be handing out $1,000 inconvenience checks as a my bad apology to every resident of the town that they just plunged into a chloric acid-induced health crisis for the foreseeable future. I'm sure that that $1,000 will come in handy when these people have to pay out hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills because surprise, surprise, the human body has adverse reactions to deadly chemical exposure. And because of the bad press that they've received over this penance that they offered East Palestine, Norfolk Southern has decided to go full Dr. Evil and give a grand total of $1 million. For the inconvenience, of course. But for those of you in the back, that's not a lot of money for a company that recently posted earnings of $3.2 billion in railway revenue and $1.2 billion in operations income. Not only that, but decades of complaints from rail workers to the company about their lack safety conditions and repairs that needed to be done to railroads which have fallen on deaf corporate ears. Instead of making the necessary repairs and improvements to their rail system, this company has decided to spend $25 billion in buying back their stock and spending even more in sending lobbyists with $6 million in campaign donations to pay off the former guy to roll back railroad regulations that were put in place during the Obama administration that would have prevented such a disaster. In 2018, Dumpster Fire ensured that the recent derailments by Norfolk in East Palestine and Michigan, by the way, would happen by rolling back regulations such as 
requiring states to conduct yearly inspections on commercial train car operators, requiring at least two rail car operators per trip, and requiring manufacturers to install vehicle-to-vehicle communication systems so that operators can avoid collisions because all disasters, my friends, lead to Trump. Which would explain why Fox has been in panic mode, trying to come up with something worse than dousing a town's water supply with vinyl chloride, setting it on fire, releasing chloric acid into the air to rain down on the town, and then throwing some cash at it for the inconvenience. So the crafty storytellers at Fox came up with this. We have people like Ilhan Omar. She wants to, you know, crack down on corporate greed when it comes to rails and the privately owned sections of rails. I don't know why AOC isn't dressed in white and crying for the dead whales that keep washing on the beach um, from wind farms that are being placed all over the ocean. And then there's drug legalization. Liberals push to legalize marijuana, high THC content, and even hard drugs is an unfolding societal and environmental disaster. That we are ruled by unserious people who are worried about fake problems instead of the real fact that our country is falling apart in some of the most important ways. You mentioned the Environmental Protection Agency. Of course, it says it right there. It should be focused on clean air clean water, but so often they're focused on environmental racism and other ridiculous things instead of fixing the problem that they are established to fix. It sounds like the writers at Fox are just tossing out ideas like they're throwing spaghetti on a wall waiting for a noodle to stick. Is it AOC? Is it marijuana? Oh no, it's environmental racism. No, eh, sorry, wrong answer. It was their commander in dementia who sold out the people of East Palestine for $6 million all the way back in 2018 when Norfolk and other rail companies paid him off to roll back regulations. And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday and follow us on social media if you want to keep up with our latest posts. This Week Again can be found on iHeartRadio, Audible, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, and Samsung Podcast, or basically anywhere you listen. So, titter for now.